This is the start of Athletics for Life podcast. Welcome. Um, I'm one of the hosts, C.D. Johnson. Uh, this is Jeff Koops. Jeff Koops. Koops. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about me before we start. Um, I have been involved in athletics since middle school, basically. I uh, went to high school involved in cross-country wrestling track and up going to college for wrestling and then making my way here to Mongolia where I coached multiple sports and then eventually became the athletic director at the American School of Ulaanbaatar and then starting tomorrow uh, I'll actually be teaching at the British School of Ulaanbaatar uh, working as the athletic director. Uh, so that's just a little bit about me uh, and my background. Uh, what's your story, Jeff? What's my story? My story same. I've been in athletics my whole life. Uh, being from Holland, a uh, lot of baseball and soccer. We call it football. <laughs> that's that's a, that's a real one. Um, and, and a lot of tug of war. That's a real in, 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 interesting sport, CD. Yeah. Only a few people in the world do it, but uh, tug of war, very cool. And I went to China. I uh, worked there four years as the athletics director. And now I'm, it's my fourth year at the international school of Ulaanbaatar as the athletics director. And uh, yeah, we are the host of this podcast. What are we looking to do with the podcast, Jeff? Well, the main reason for starting this podcast is that we want to try to change a culture and it takes a lot of time. Yeah. But the way we try to do it is to inform people, to communicate with people. Um, so this podcast is all about athletics. It's focused on Mongolia and it's focused on one main topic, yeah. CD. Uh, we were we were discussing a while back about how we wanted to kind of connect the the triangle of uh, athletes, mm-hmm. parents, and coaches, uh, kind yeah. of including ourselves in yeah. that coaches category. School in general. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so trying to get all three of those on the same page, and uh, what we wanted to cover was kind of education-based athletics, right? Exactly. Uh, and so. We've got a guest that we'll introduce in just a little bit. He went into it pretty well. We interviewed him um, a couple days ago, and he, he gives a great explanation of kind of what it is, lays the baseline for it, uh, but essentially it's the lessons learned through athletics, yeah. and I think that's really important here, especially because, as we've talked many times, uh, our students and our parents don't always get that. Our coaches are a little bit better. Uh, they've definitely got room to grow. But yep. uh, it's something that we can improve on getting across to our, our athletes and, and definitely their parents. Yeah, and also we see it a lot, right? We see it in the local competitions here yep. at, at the UBAC. Uh, yep. But also if, if we travel to Akamis, um, the winning over everything mentality is, is still massive. Yep. And, and we, we feel and, we, and actually research shows that it's not the right approach. Yep. And a lot of professional athletes, actually, they don't have that approach. It's something else. And at school here, our philosophy is really that sports is a vehicle yeah. for growth and for, 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 the, for the future. And we try to prepare you guys through sports for the real world. And that's what sports is all about. Yeah. And that's educational-based athletics. And that's a whole philosophy that we try to push. But we've seen a lot of issues, especially in Mongolia, where we go to events or we host events. And that philosophy... We start with, but they don't follow it always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do, you have, do you have a small example, CD? Of um, we competed in the district tournament in volleyball, mm. and so that was a local tournament. Normally, we compete with the international schools, um, usually foreign teachers, but this was a local tournament, 
and the environment was crazy. We played in a tiny gym, and it was packed, and there was kids around the outside. So, like, one of our guys was serving the volleyball, and there was somebody closer than you are to me right now, uh, just screaming, booing in his ears, just yelling, and the whole gym was like that. There was Sounds probably a hundred yeah. kids around the outside. <laughs> uh, coaches were yelling at their athletes. Coaches were yelling at our athletes because they didn't trust the birth dates, and uh, there was Jeff. Definitely just a lack of kind of uh, all the things that we're trying to do with this show. All the things we're trying to push to our kids. Yeah, I, I, I went to a tournament where um, I saw a coach from, from a Mongolian football team slapping a kid because the kid did something wrong. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is not good. We yeah. need to do something. Um, yeah, so that's why there's a different philosophy involved. Um, CD, still there's a... So we had a game a few years ago, the two high school basketball teams in this gym. Yep. Now people don't, sometimes they forget that it's, it's not all about fun, right? Mm -hmm. There's still an element of competing, yep. an element of where rules are important. So this philosophy is not all about fun and it doesn't matter who wins. There's, there's still, winning is important. Yeah. Well, can you give, can you explain what the twist is? Um, for me, what I try to instill in my athletes and in my coaches is, that we we train to win like that's ultimately the the reason to put in hours and hours of practice uh extra time extra drills extra work mm -hmm. after practice is finished uh so we're we're training for the reason of of winning we're going to try our best to compete uh but we're we're going against someone else who's also doing the same thing. Yeah. So there's got to be that level of respect and yeah. uh, kind of embracing the challenge of this is somebody else who's put in hours and hours of practice. Uh, they're going to bring their best. We're going to bring our best. And we're going to see who wins. Yeah. And kind of understanding that somebody's going to lose. Um, and it's not the end of the world if you lose. No. There's a lot of lessons that can be learned from loss. Uh, but there's also a lot of lessons to be learned along the way. Yeah. Right, teamwork, uh, leadership, <clears throat> uh, a lot of these things we'll get into later in the podcast, I'm yeah. sure. But just, we train to win, but we're also putting in those other lessons yeah. throughout practices, throughout games. Uh, sports offers so many teachable moments, right? Something happens where it's like, hey, we, we can't do this, we got to do that. Uh, you know, hey, we got, we worked really hard and we came up short, so we got to get back at it, yeah. right? And, so that's essentially what I'm trying to do with my athletes. Yeah. I want them to train hard, compete hard, but also have that level of respect. Yeah, yeah, it's the same for me. And I, I always like the, the, the phrase going the distance. Mm -hmm. And I really want my athletes and the students that I always tell them, I don't really care if you win or lose. I just want you to go the distance and just go out there and perform at the best of your ability. Yeah. And you have to also realize it's, a, it's, it's that one moment so, you know, you could, you could feel sick the day before and your performance goes down, but at least try to do your best at that moment. And mm -hmm. maybe at that moment, that other team is just a little bit better. Now, a lot of our students too, and I see that too, they go to Acumis and then they end up last and they feel like, yeah. but you have to realize that that's just a tournament, a high school international tournament in, a tur in China somewhere. Yeah. There's always someone better, someone smarter. It's about you growing as a person. And I think that's the key for me. If my kids can understand that they grew throughout the season as, a, as, a, as, a, as an athlete, as a person, and they let others grow, mm -hmm. then you accomplished what you should have accomplished. Definitely. Um, that's the most important thing for me. And, and 
if you lose that you have the ability to sit back and relax and see why yeah maybe that person was just better or that team or maybe we didn't practice hard enough or maybe something stayed up else too happened. late stayed up too late and you know what big if, garbage and maybe your flight gets delayed 12 hours <laughs> and you arrive at 2 a.m but yeah. you gotta yeah. you gotta find those reasons and then be very objective what happened and how can i improve uh, now a lot of people uh we should talk a bit about this one the, yeah the yeah metal. So sure. I'll, 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 I'll grab this i have two of these today couple props beautiful props um well what does this this is hardware yeah what does it mean to you um for me it just means uh kind of remembrance of a moment like you said mm -hmm. it's about performing in the moment um essentially it's not the end all be all right because I, I can go to e-mart and buy you one yeah yeah and i can give it to you and it's like congratulations they're all over the place yeah, they're all over you, you you can buy them it's yeah it's it's hardware yeah and um, it's not something that you should well you, you can value it as a moment as a memory yeah i've got a box of them at home in the states and <laughs> so i, I lost I left, all mine i'm not, I'm not I sure where they are at home but i you know what i brought with me is the lessons that i've learned kind of uh, everything about athletics that's made me me Right, that's what I brought to here to Mongolia. The the hardware and stuff is rotting in a box in my closet. Yeah, somewhere. a few years ago I saw the 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 New Zealand rugby player Sonny Bill Williams. Yeah, he gave his he just won, and then he gave his medal away to a little kid. And this why I got the memory. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's just a piece of gold. Well, that was real <laughs> yeah. gold. But why would he give it away? He said, I, I don't value it. It's just something that I put somewhere. Yeah. Uh, even even athletes who go to the Olympics and they win a gold medal, well, not Michael Phelps because he wins too many. Yeah, all of them. All of them. And but if you win one, even they don't really value it as much. It's more the the the, the journey towards that. Yeah. All the hours of hard work, kind of that moment of overcoming adversity. Uh, I'm sure no gold medal is won with ease. No. So it's kind of that uh, the challenge. Just, exactly. It's the same thing if, you, if you're at the entrance of our school. You see all those awards in the trophy case. I, it doesn't make any sense I've to me. I walk by them every time. I walk by them and I, I never watch. But what I do watch is that we have a uh, ISU Wall of Fame upstairs, yeah. Sports Wall of Fame, with pictures of the kids. Yeah. And those are my memories. Like Those kids played in the teams. And if I look at the picture, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, I remember. A trophy doesn't say anything to me. Mm -hmm. It's all about, you know, in your mind what you remember yeah. of, the, of the thing, of the, of the events and what you learn. Yeah. Do you, trophies and hardware, do you, do you think that parents understand what it is? Because a lot of parents want their I kid think, to come home with something. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, here, more so than in the States, I think in the States. More here? Yeah. Mongolia? Um, mm. There's a lot of, they give a lot of trophies and awards for everything, right? Like. I don't know if you know this, but like if you have a certain number of kids, like you get a little medal um, for having so many kids because having kids is important here. Uh, and so there's a lot of things like that. Uh, if you've been at your workplace for five years, ten years, they'll give you a plaque. Uh, that might happen in the States, oh, really? but it, it happens all the time here. Uh, for just about everything, they, they give recognition, award. And so I think a lot of our parents expect that. I've had mm. athletes tell me, um, great athletes who maybe didn't win anything at the awards banquet, that my, my mom might not let me play next year because she doesn't think it's mm, worth it because mm, I'm mm. not winning anything. Wow. Not. Yeah. And it's like, you're, but you're the, the center point of the team, but somebody just embraced this award a little more, that award a little more. Um, and so I think our parents here definitely expect that. Um, 
and I don't think enough of them see the other things that go on. They're not at the events, they're not at the practices. Um, so they're just waiting for that medal to come home. Yeah, and you hear sometimes too, and I had a few years ago, I had a captain of the basketball team said uh, we had a little pep rally going on and pep rallies are not really my thing. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm from a different culture. I think it's a bit over, it's a bit too much for me, but okay. And uh, he said, what are, you, what are you expecting from a tournament that we come back with the, with the, with the number one place? And I was like, that will be a horrible tournament for them. Because the moment something happens, you know, they put their expectations so high, it's yeah. done. Yeah. They start just losing it. He could have said, well, we're going to go there and perform at the best as, at our, of, of our ability at that moment. And we're trying to do everything we can to win. Yeah. But not saying, I want to go back, come back. Because then your whole tournament is based on that one yeah. trophy. Instead of you know going the distance and have fun with my team and do the best that, that that we can, my teams the most teams that had the most fun are the teams actually that came last. Yeah, yeah. Because they just played, had a good time. They were very friendly to to the other kids. That the stress levels were way lower. Yeah. And a lot of these academic teams they get first, second place, and they win sportsmanship. Yeah, yeah. And that's very interesting just to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all about the friendships and all about the memories you build. A lot of people, they, uh, they like to perform sports and then take a, take a selfie and post it. Yeah, it's all about the uh, recognition, right? The it's all about outside. Exactly, that other people tell you that you did something great. But yeah. the educational-based philosophy is that you value what you do at that moment in time. So it doesn't matter what the results were. At that moment, you grew as a person and you made others grow. Yep. That's why we try to push a little bit here in you back, but also in the wider Mongolian community. Definitely. And I think uh, Doug had some really good points that he made yeah. in our talk with him, um, just about changing a culture. Uh, one quote that he makes in our interview is, some, I forget the exact wording, it was something along the lines of, you don't have time to make all the mistakes, so you've got to learn from others' mistakes right or learn from the mistakes of people before you mm -hmm. um and so i think that's that's really important in our education-based athletics is just kind of sharing our mistakes with the kids because we weren't perfect when we were in sports you know oh. there are times i wanted Far to from. win above everything else yeah but sharing those moments with our kids having our coaches that we kind of mentor and guide uh share those moments with our kids and together as a community we can all grow yeah, and it, that's exactly, you know, it's, if, if, if kids go for the winning at all costs, that's also fine, yeah. as long as they learn from that. And there's no, you know, there's, you can only learn from sports. Yeah. And, and it might take one, it might take five, it might take ten years, but in the end, you will learn from it. Um, like, and the whole, the whole showing off that you've been doing something, it's an extrinsic reward. Yeah. It's the same as a trophy. If you get 500 likes on Instagram or Facebook because you went, you did something, right? That's your, but you can also not, sh not do it. F finish your workout and sit down and like, oh, I did that, that was great. Yeah. And that's the kind of philosophy we, we, we want to teach. In a lot of these Mongolian schools, it's all about that. It's yeah. all about the medals, it's all about the results. Uh, it's all about playing the best at that moment and then win it and then the coach can brag or something. Yeah. And we try to twist that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, good? I think so. We're good. So we interviewed uh, Mr. Doc Kilgore. Uh, 
Goes by the bow tie. Bow tie. Bow tie he, he always wears a bow tie. He looks and he doesn't live in Palm Beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's from Arkansas. And uh, Mr. Kilgore is involved in the NYAAA, which is the National Institute of Athletics Administrators Association. Difficult word. National. Yeah. Interscholastic Admi Athletic Administrator Association. Yes. It's, a, it's a difficult one. Um, he's been an AD for many, many years, does training sessions, so he's highly, highly seen in the AD world. Yep. Uh, we asked him to, uh, for an interview to talk about this topic because he's, uh, he's, he's a heavy believer of this philosophy. We've both taken courses where he, yeah. he delves into this topic. Um, and so that's kind of where we got to know him a little bit or got his contact info and reached out to him. Uh, it's through those courses that we've taken. And, uh, you know, I thought the interview was great. I thought he, he really hit on some key points yeah. of what we're trying to do and really kind of put it into words what, what we're trying to do with the show. Yeah, and it's sometimes really good because we always tell our student athletes about, you know, fun, philosophy, and they're like, these guys again. But it's, and, and parents too, they're like, oh. but it's good to hear it from someone else. Yeah. Uh, Doug is retired. He's been doing this for 40, 40 years, and he's still pushing the, the educational-based agenda. Uh, and he's he's educating all the international ADs right now. So he's uh, an awesome resource. Definitely, definitely. So we're gonna look at the interview with Mr. Doug Kilgore. Right. Uh, my name is Doug Kilgore. I live in Sherwood, Arkansas which is a, a suburb of Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, after I retired in 2018, uh, after 20 years as an athletic administrator, uh, several other years as a teacher and coach, the last few years I was an assistant principal and athletic uh, director at actually activities director. I was in charge of all extracurricular programs at Central Arkansas Christian School in North Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, going way back, I first started uh, in education in 1976 and left a couple of times and managed to come back. Uh, during uh, my time as an AD, I got very involved with our state association as well as the NIAAA uh, for a tremendous learning experience and uh, getting to meet people, networking, uh, and eventually, over the past three years, I have uh, connected into the international program. Uh, made two trips to the Far East, uh, working with uh, IRCOS, the East Asia Regional Council of Schools, in their conference. Uh, have taught some of the NIAAA courses there, as well as some workshops for the AD track that they have for the international schools. And I will, uh, I will readily admit on the front end from my interaction with many uh, athletic directors in the international setting. You people work harder than we do in the United States. And I would say the two biggest things that impact that are travel and homestays mm -hmm. uh, when those exist. So I do admire you, respect you, and am, am proud of the work that, uh, that the international sector is doing. We appreciate that, Doug. Uh, it's definitely definitely an interesting job being an international uh, athletic director for sure. Um, basically, with our podcast, what we're looking to do is to uh, kind of spread the education based learn or education based athletics philosophy to parents, 
coaches, um, students, uh, because it's kind of lacking here in Mongolia. Um, so if you don't mind just kind of giving us uh, a brief introduction and kind of explaining more about what that philosophy is that the NIAAA uh, kind of teaches and promotes within a lot of its courses, that uh, education-based philosophy. Well, five years ago, I've easily said that uh, 95% of sport um, in the world, or at least 95% volume-wise, is done through U.S. schools because it is education-based. Now, my perspective has expanded to include the international sector. And I would say virtually 99 point whatever percent of education-based athletics are based in international schools, be they American, Canadian, British, Australian, whatever the, the source of their interest, and the U.S. schools, as opposed to the club, the corporate-sponsored, and some of the other models you see elsewhere. I think the benefit of that is that we all have pretty well-established education systems that have philosophies and objectives that far exceed the winning and losing or the learning of skills that often gets emphasized in athletics. Uh, things into like character building, courtesy, respect, uh, uh, integrity, honesty, and all of these things that are byproducts, I believe, of the connection between athletics or activities uh, I've also been uh, very passionately involved in the arts, band, choir, theater as well. Uh, and the benefits they can draw from a conjoined effort between the educational or the academic side of life and the athletic, sports, activity, fine arts side of life. So we're, we're, we're in a position to greatly benefit from, from the mutual association of the two ideas and the more we can conjoin those in the mind of our staffs, of our student athletes, and of our parents, the better off we're going to be and be able to take advantage of those opportunities to, to bring together academics and activities. Yeah, that's great. That's, uh, that pretty much sums it up pretty well. Um, you mentioned including parents. Uh, for me, that's one thing that I've struggled with here in Mongolia. Uh, I, I coached in the States for a number of years and, you know, you'd get crowds for the basketball games. You'd get crowds for the football games. Uh, here, the parents aren't involved. Um, we don't get many spectators. Um, so I was wondering if you have any like kind of tips or ways that we can get parents more involved. Um, to kind of bring them into our athletics program? Like what, what can we do here that, that would help them? Well, I do realize you're under a different uh, atmosphere than we are in the U.S. Somewhere out there, there's a middle ground we both can live with. Uh, frequently in a lot of U.S. situations, we are dealing with parents who are overactive want to control, want to direct. As you said from your experience of coaching in the U.S., you have probably uh, enjoyed some of those benefits. On the other hand, I do understand uh, the struggle that you have in the international scene to getting parents even to attend. Uh, I think it is a, a, I don't know, it's a cultural thing maybe. I don't know if that's the right word where 
where they're so concentrated on the academic side of life and success there of, of the citizenship that their children will be able to demonstrate in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years that uh, the athletics and maybe even the arts are just kind of a sideline. Um, as far as information to get people involved, uh, you know, first of all, you got to get them to buy in. Used to it was you had to have meetings. You had to have face-to-face -face meetings with uh, that is probably a struggle to get them there because we do that also. You can even require it and here in the U.S., and the best you can get is probably 50 60%. But uh, with the advent of technology, such as we are enjoying, at least when it works okay, right now, uh, you know, to spread that word and to emphasize the, the non-sports-related benefits that they can expect their kids to get. Uh, when you start talking statistically about the benefits of activity participation and start mentioning things that statistically, and this has been proven in countless studies, that academics improve, uh, attendance improves, behavior improves, discipline responses go down, success farther down the road, whether you enter the job sector, the higher education university sector, uh, you know, acceptance into schools, into, into higher ed, all of these things improve as a result categorically of kids being involved in athletics versus kids who are not involved in athletics. So if they can see, uh, if they can be explained some of these uh, other benefits besides the bigger, faster, stronger idea, I think parents would tend to, to tie in and connect with what you're trying to do in your athletic program. Of course, then you provide opportunities for them even to contribute if they want to, and I don't mean financially, but to, to help, to assist, to, you know, dedicate games to certain parents, to if you have any kind of uh, other activities that go along, to get, get them involved to a certain degree. And in doing so, I noted parents will see the joy the camaraderie, the social aspects uh, that their kids are experiencing, whether they know it or not. But to see that, I think their, their passion levels rise a little bit to where they may buy into these teams and come and support all of the kids. It doesn't matter if it's theirs or not. So it is a very gradual and uh, many times a tempestuous uh, venture to go on to that because uh, people have to experience it before they really buy into it. Yeah, that's true. Can you hear me guys? Yeah. Yes, Jeff, we can. Okay. So for, at, at, at our schools here in Mongolia, we don't have stipend systems for coaches. So coaches, they coach based on goodwill and because they like to coach the kids. Um, has its advantages, but also disadvantages for us. And still, we sometimes face coaches who, in the moment, in the heat of the battle, they go for the win, uh, and they forget to play that one student who didn't play. Um, do you have tips for us or tips for the coaches to still connect with that philosophy and, and, and have that balance? And we are still looking for that. Uh, 
Jeffrey, we're still looking for that in many cases in the U.S. as well. So you're, you're not alone on an island over oh, there. Oh, we're not. <laughs> uh, more and more uh, schools in the U.S. are using what we would call volunteer coaches, volunteer mm-hmm. assistants. Uh, and states vary from, uh, from state to state as to what their requirements are. I know here in, in a lot of the states there's some requirement for the courses that are on the nfhslearn.com website. Most of them are free. Uh, the philosophy of sport. Of course, we get down to some of the nuts and bolts things. Uh, they need to take some things about uh, sport first aid in the event that there is an issue, a physical issue, an injury, that they're a little bit more, more able to handle it. So what these do is they get those volunteer coaches to invest a little bit more in their program. And through that, they can at least get an exposure to the other side of coaching. Uh, Unfortunately, it also falls to the athletic director, depending on your ability to gather those coaches and provide them some professional development. To, to let them know, and it can be brief, it can be Zoom, it can be a video that you ask them to watch, or it can be a face-to-face uh, kind of meeting that you can emphasize some of the goals you have beyond uh, winning and losing kind of things. And, and with that, I've done up, and this is a workshop I've done on several occasions, you can, you can come up with things like competence. The kids need to know how to do the sport, and, and maybe even a little investment into uh, the coach to teach them some about the strategy, the game itself. But that's only a very small part. But then you get into ideas about character. You know, we're not here just to make champions. We're here to make uh, champions of character as well. You can get into the honesty, the integrity, the responsibility, the work ethic. And to get the coach to buy into that too and pass that knowledge on to the kids. Uh, something that I am very big on is the idea of civility. Simply respect expressed with yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, please, thank you, I'm sorry, and these kind of things that will make them function better in society. And uh, it, it's such a great classroom to teach this. I know several times, uh, even in the heat of a battle, such as soccer, You can have a pretty hard slide tackle or a vicious hit or something like this, but it appears in soccer to me more than a number of other sports where there are some apologies given to by the offending player to the victim of whatever happened. And I think that is an outflowing of the civility idea, all of which goes toward the idea to uh, we are making citizens. We're not really making athletes, but uh, probably even the percentage in the international scene of people, your kids moving on and making a career of sports is much lower than it is in the United States because of the opportunities. So they're going to be citizens in your culture or somewhere far beyond the time that they'll be participants in athletics. And, you know, as I am off to say, uh, the kids that you're teaching now, maybe 20, 30, 40 years down the road, they're going to be taking care of us. They're going to be taking care of those volunteer coaches as doctors, as nurses, as dentists, as professionals, as bankers, 
whatever they go into a career choice. And at some point, we're going to depend on them for our pleasure, our success, our benefits. And it behooves us when they're in their teen years to uh, concentrate on this citizenship idea so that they can become productive citizens who are proud to, to say they graduated from such and such a school and you can look to them and say, yes, that's one of our kids who learned a lot of these lessons in sports. That's a lot to do with a volunteer coach. It is a, it is a time that you're going to have to invest some time. And I think those are all components of, of professional development. One would assume they know the X's and O's. They know the strategies. They know the skills, or you wouldn't bring them in. So otherwise, we're teaching them people skills. We're teaching them to be professionals, even though they don't get paid. So uh, it, it, it kind of narrows things down a little bit where our concentration on, and let me tell you this, guys, it goes beyond volunteer coaches. There are many professional coaches that need the same kind of instruction in order to, to succeed within the education-based sports arena. So uh, that, that was very quick and very, uh, you know, I guess very brief. It's, it's not quite that easy, but it is something that will pay dividends down the road. Yeah, yeah it's very clear. Sorry, CD, just quick to follow up on that. Like you said, professional, professional development, and we realized that too, that we need to start doing that. So we're going to organize a Coaches for Coaches professional development here in Mongolia, where we start with a local conference and we try to build that to the wider Mongolian community um, to translate it into language because we think that's the starting point to make it uh, to make a difference. And uh, so, yeah. Yeah, Very that's what good. I was going to mention, Jeff. Was, uh, yeah, we're just in the verge of starting that, that process. But like you said, it's gradual, slowly getting them to buy in and kind of believe all those concepts because uh, Jeff and I have seen uh, some interesting, interesting moments in some of the tournaments here. The coaches definitely have the skills as far as uh, volleyball or basketball skills, but not always the, uh, the character building skills with the slaps among the backside of the head or uh, yelling and screaming at their athletes. Um, so we're hoping that, that we can kind of make a difference, like Jeff said, starting with our conference, but then branching out and, and hopefully reading reaching a much broader audience. You have a lot of resources, many of which are free based in the U.S. Uh, you could look into that nfhslearn.com for some coaching ideas. The NIAAA has any number of, of, of courses uh, that you can glean things from. And you've got several people here and, and around the world. Uh, you know, I've worked with some uh, international people in Asia. I've worked with some people in Europe. Uh, Central Europe that have the have the experience along this line to share with you to even share with your coaches with regard to meetings such as this, which they can attend from the comfort of their home if necessary, just just to get them exposed to some of these ideas. You mentioned you're trying to work with this within your conference. Uh, once you can penetrate into a conference like that and you get some coaches that buy into the program, you can bet the kids will notice. They will spread among them. Hey, did you did you see how their coach treated them? How he was picking up the trash around the bench and you know how, how he was 
not yelling, not screaming, pats on the back, congratulations, uh, you know, positive comments. And the kids can pick up on that and start to wonder, why doesn't our coach do that? You know, yeah. why does, in, instead of coming to, to practice with a pillow, why does our coach come to practice with a belt or a club mm-hmm. kind of aspect? And the kids will force that to spread as uh, as you work, like you say, within your league. Yeah. Uh, one thing uh, that we've tried to do, um, and we're we're still trying. Our one of the benefits of having our conference uh, the way it is is that we have a lot of freedom to make changes to uh, change processes and the systems on how we do things. Um, as we're structuring it, especially now with this pandemic, it kind of provides us an opportunity to reset anything that needs to be reset. Um, but one thing we've tried to do in the last year or two is uh, change our awards structure uh, for conference events. Uh, for example, some schools would put a lot of emphasis and uh, uh, too much emphasis on winning uh, middle school championships. Right. And so like under 15, under 13 championships, they they would uh, really go a little bit too far. Not all the kids would play. And so we decided to kind of scrap awards for middle school sports uh, and just kind of go with the everyone gets a participation ribbon. I was wondering if you had any kind of insights on on that or how we can kind of combat that issue where the pinnacle or the focus is so much on that winning even at such a young, young age? Well, CD, it's got to come from the top down. I mean, does the school, does your athletic program recognize things other than winning? Uh, You know, maybe one of the blessings you have of parents being a little bit more remote in your setting is uh, I don't know if they have that, that passion, that, that fanaticism on winning that, maybe we would have in the U.S. But I know there's several schools that are becoming more and more uh, equating sportsmanship, equating uh, service projects with recognition, you know, equally as much as you have an all-conference player or you have a winning season, that the, the programs itself are creating methods to acknowledge and publicize Kids who get a, a good grasp on these other things, on leadership, on service, uh, even into academics, leadership within the school, leadership on the team, uh, to recognize things. I know uh, uh, Sharon Lung in Hong Kong has a very detailed leadership program for her students. It's, a, it's kind of a captain's council where they are selected from the whole realm of sports and it becomes an honor to be selected for that. So they recognize the ideas of this goes beyond winning. You don't just give awards and plaques for outstanding success in athletics. I know one of the things that's confounding my mind here in the U.S. is I've seen several pictures on social media about uh, 12, 13-year-olds, particularly in softball, playing in a tournament and they come out with a ring as a champion or even second place. 
that is bigger than anything you have ever seen in the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, and certainly bigger than what you see in the high school realm for state championships. It's that everyone gets a trophy philosophy. And life isn't that way. So I think if you make a concerted effort to recognize these education-based ideas beyond performance, that will light a fire that will gradually spread to where your citizenship award, your sportsmanship award becomes at least equal to uh, any championship banners you can hang on your gym wall. Sure. That's one thing. We, we do have a sportsmanship award for, for the team. Um, it's generally voted on by the other teams in the conference. Um, maybe unsurprisingly, it usually goes to the team who comes in last. Uh, and so I think for us, we've got to find a way to to make that a little bit more meaningful. I don't know if there's some criteria involved or maybe some some things that go into the picture before that final tournament. Um, I'm not sure, but I think for us, that's something we'll have to look at, Jeff, is making sure it doesn't always go to that last place team just because they took last. Yeah, and CD and, uh, you know, changing a culture, it takes it takes more time than we thought it would take, right? It's, it's yeah. been- yes. Been a, it's been a hell of a ride for the last three, four years, and uh, we're, we are getting somewhere. Doc, what would you tell this this student athlete? Because Mongolia is a very small country, and these kids are they're, 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 they're privileged that they can play for our schools and that they are at our schools. And they put so much pressure on themselves. And then all they want is to graduate our schools and leave and go to the U.S., and we, I, I hear a lot of kids coming back and they struggle when they leave. Uh, what, what kind of, what would you tell these student athletes who, who feel that winning is everything and that they put so much pressure on themselves? Uh, okay, Jeff, pressure to perform as far as winning in the athletic realm or pressure to succeed academically, socially and everything in order to to get out and go to a university somewhere. Which, which, which area is the pressure coming from? Or if, you, if you look at my school, it's, it's a bit of both, which is even more the academic side of it. Uh, but I, it, it's a bit of both. But if you look at the sports in general, is that the kids, the whole mindset is about winning. And they, have, they lack some skills to, to, to go back in themselves. And like, it's not all about the winning. I, I, I learned a lot. And... When they leave and I talk to them when they come back over the summer, they always almost say sorry to me for not, you know, behaving the way they should have had when they were here. Um, so, yeah. Um, well, I've come back and this is offset over here. One of the greatest places to teach and coach is at an orphanage because you remove the parents. And I would imagine from my experience uh, with associating with those in East Asia, that that pressure to succeed in order to get out and get that university education, I think a lot of that is, is coming from the parents. I think if, if you can succeed and continue the programs you're going here to emphasize, honor, and recognize these uh, peripheral ideas that we've already talked about that, the more you emphasize that and they raise up, I think the more the modification of the win at all cost 
will be going down because uh, they see that there, there's more to it than simply winning. Uh, there's a lot more to learn than simply being number one. Now, you're going to have kids that are driven academically. They've got to succeed. It may be built in with them. They probably learned it at home from their, their parents' culture, their home culture, and maybe even to a certain degree, the national culture within a segment. Um, you mentioned something, and I forgot. Boy, I had a good thought there, and it just went away. Um, but hopefully, as you continue to succeed, and as you said, yes, changing culture is hard. It's hard enough within the bounds of a school. Now, when you're working to change a national culture, I can't imagine how difficult it is, although basically the national culture in the U.S. is win. It doesn't matter, you know, win at all costs, whatever yeah. it takes. Uh, so we can, I can kind of relate to that. But you can give a math test publicly, set out desks on the gym floor, get all set up to buy tickets. Nobody's going to come to that. You know, they want to come to a ball game. Forget that academics. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a whole different subject here. But uh, it is a struggle bit by bit. Uh, you can, and especially the kids being younger, not so set in their ways, they tend to buy into that a little bit more to see the more the problems that this pressure to succeed places on themselves and they're self-imposed. So as you bring in these other ideas that are more character issues, they can see the bigger picture. And once you can light that fire among a few kids, it will rapidly spread among their peers because they are great imitators, especially if you can get your older kids, your seniors, uh, or, you know, whatever, eighth class, 15th class, whatever you, you call it in your atmosphere, to demonstrate these things. The younger ones are going to want to imitate them because those are their heroes. And, and hopefully it, it will make the spread a little bit easier. Jeff, did I, did I address the things you asked? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. that, that, that that whole mindset and I'm from a different culture doc I'm from Europe so it's always <coughs> interesting to see the differences between the US and Europe and we don't have that winning over everything mentality in Europe because our our best athletes are also our best academics and they value that even more than the, than the athletics sometimes it's interesting for me to see that uh, very interesting PD um, I was just gonna say yeah it's really true what you said Doug about um, getting some of the older kids on board and getting them to buy in. I think that's where some of the success at ASU came from was, uh, you know, at first when I got there, we had some seniors who were great athletes, but they didn't really buy in. And so once they left and I was really able to connect with some of the, the older athletes or the core athletes, um, it does, it, it kind of spreads, it spreads to the younger kids. Um, you know, I'm thinking of our volleyball team that used to not be very good. Uh, then we get some kids that are really passionate about it, really work hard at it. And uh, it's it's kind of contagious, right? Like mm -hmm. younger kids just, they want to work. They want to they wanna get better. It's, it's cool to be a volleyball player. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's so important to get the, the older kids on board um, and uh, kind of instill those values. And then slowly but surely it'll – it'll continue to spread and grow 
and the culture will hopefully change like we're looking forward to do. It will, uh, and the same principles apply to the kids as to corporate or your school composure to where you, uh, you know, if you get the leaders on board, there's going to be a trickle down effect, mm -hmm. but you've got to have consistent action among your leaders, among yourselves as athletic administrators. You know, people may not have a clue what you do and how hard you work. Nevertheless, you are visible and looking, and as you can pass that down to to your coaches and then get your coaches to buy in with your, your leaders of the, from the student body, from your, your participants in your program. So I think uh, so many programs experience a lot of success and it grows positively with concentrating time on the, those kids that are leaders, these captains councils or student councils or, you know, advisory committees or whatever you can talk because you, you can build leadership into them and then they will pass it on. And each level you go, the, the likelihood of success is going to expand exponentially, but you have to start somewhere and it's going to be a slow and hard process. Um, and I think y'all have the fire in the belly to do this. You're young enough. Uh, I, I got to say one reason that I find, Finally decided to get out is I just I didn't have that energy I wasn't wasn't in it to stay up to go to all the ball games uh, whether it was age or yeah it was age I got to be honest <laughs> with you there but uh, it just it was time for somebody else and yet I guess my passion of involvement has trans transitioned to doing things such as this and and providing the benefit of my uh, my experience to others. I've said this often, we don't have time to make all of the mistakes, so we need to learn from the mistakes of others, and I can certainly share any number of, of, uh, of experiences I've had that were wrong, that were bad. I screwed up, <laughs> and yet, hopefully I can pass that on to people. Yeah. That was Mr. Doc Kilgore. Um, thank you, Doc, for being with us, uh, taking time to talk with us. Now, Doc will be... Uh, presenting a presentation at our PD in September for coaches yeah. and ADs. So we will see more of Doc and uh, thank you again. CD, what is your highlight of his interview, of the, of the interview? Um, for me, I think the biggest takeaway, like the thing that I'll have to keep reminding myself is where he talked about how changing a culture is going to take time, yeah. right? Like I'm very much, I, I'm going I'm to work really hard and I, I want to see results. Yeah. I want it to happen. Uh, <laughs> But I, I overnight, to, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to. I'm gonna have to step back and just kind of realize that it's it's not gonna happen with one class. It's not gonna happen even with one group of kids. It's gonna happen one team. No, one team. Happen. It's it's gonna happen slowly uh, after years of of preaching the same message, reaching a few kids, that rubbing off on a few more kids, getting some parents involved. They're encouraging other parents to get involved, and it's it's definitely gonna take time. Yeah. And so that's, I think, the biggest thing I took away um, from Doug is just kind of valuing the small steps moving forward that, that we're taking, right? Yeah, and for, for me, in, in, in connection with that, is like he, Doug, talked about educating people. Yeah. Uh, we asked him, and you saw that, about what can we do as ADs, uh, and, and, you know, communicating with the community is very important. But also, so we do the podcast, websites, PD sessions for coaches, ADs, parents within our schools, but also 
what I think is going to be a key issue, a key here is starting young. So the kids, you got to teach them from middle school, primary school about their philosophy. What I've seen before is that we had high school teams mainly here in Mongolia. Yeah. So these kids are, they, they go to high school and then they start playing and it's, it's, it's all about winning. Where we now have middle school teams, we have actually hopefully an under 13 uh, age, age level in yeah. there where we can teach kids about the philosophy that we don't give medals for everything, that we don't have winners, that, that we just show them that try to compete as hard as you can, try to win, but in the end it's not about the trophy. So that takes time because mm -hmm. these kids are in grade 6, 7, and then when they're in grade 10, 11, 12, they hopefully they get it, get it. So that's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's going to take a while, I feel like. Um, but we're, we've got some steps planned for this next year. Uh, you, you kind of mentioned them briefly. Uh, about how we're going to organize a, a PD session for coaches, uh, primarily our coaches in the international sector and, and UBISA or UBAC, uh, our conference. Um, so I think that's going to be a good first step. Uh, we'll have Doug there. We'll have some different coaching sessions, philosophy sessions, and yeah. hopefully just get the ball rolling because uh, that's the people that we interact with the most is our coaches. So if we can just make sure that we're all on the same page, the kids will pick up on it. Uh, hopefully we can kind of bring parents into the fold more, yeah. maybe have some parent, parent PD where we can bring parents in. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and just talk about what, what we're trying to do with our teams, that it's not all about going to Akamas, uh, our tournaments in China or uh, UBAC tournaments and winning. It's, it's yeah, much more. If they don't come back with some kind of trophy, that, that doesn't mean the tournament was bad. Yeah. Right? And that's a lot, of the, a lot of times I get that when we come back and, oh, did you win something? Yeah, a lot of memories we got, mm -hmm. but it doesn't always mean that, you know, and for us it's very hard because we went to a different division and the level is just better. Yeah. So it's, it takes a few years to get to that level, and but parents want to see results directly and that's sometimes difficult for the kids. And now we're not all, we're not doing this because we are very negative about everything. We have seen a lot of potential here. Yeah. We see loads of potential. We have some amazing kids in our schools. And the country too. We, you know, if you go to local tournaments, I went to a local tournament, a local organized by, by, by Bijou, uh, the under 14 futsal. Yep. Man, I saw some amazing talent. There's a lot I saw of some kids playing. I was like, they can go to Holland and play higher level soccer, yep. futsal over there. So there's talent. But the talent needs to be combined with the right philosophy. Yeah. And then these kids can succeed. But if they only go for the win and only if they don't get medals, they might stop early. Yeah. A lot, and, a lot, yeah. and a lot of girls do that. There's a lot of burnout. In, a lot of burnout. Sports, yeah. So we, very, we are very positive. We see a lot of potential. Um, there's a lot of good examples. Yeah. CD, can you mention an example that you had from your experience? Uh, one, one example that I had from one of my athletes recently is uh, he was our captain on our volleyball team. Uh, great athlete, phenomenal athlete, just a, kind of a dominant force, right? I think other teams, when they thought about playing us, they, they thought of him, right? And how are we, what are we going to do against him? Um, and so I, I coached him for many years, had a lot of good talks with him. Um, and he, he grew quite a lot. He mm -hmm. used to be a hothead, really get upset about the tiniest thing, get technical fouls, uh, get thrown out of games, that sort of stuff. And he, he really evolved into a leader. And one example from our, our last tournament, kind of before Corona set in, uh, we played a volleyball tournament and we made it to the finals for the third year in a row. 
And ultimately, for the third year in a row, we lost to the same team in the finals, <laughs> uh, CISB out of Beijing. And uh, they always played well against us. It was always very, very competitive games in just about any sport we played. Games. Remember those games. Uh, good. Yeah. Usually pretty rough games, pretty intense games. Uh, but I have a lot of respect for their coaches. They're, they're great guys. Their athletes always put their best foot forward. And uh, uh, my athlete, he shared with me uh, a message he got on Instagram or Twitter or whatever uh, from one of the captains on the other team. And there was a big rivalry there. There was a lot of tension between the two teams for the whole tournament, for every tournament we were in. Uh, but the message was really kind of exactly, it, it epitomizes exactly what we're trying to do with our programs, with the show. Uh, and the message went something along the lines of, uh, hey, uh, I, you know, I'm sorry you lost, but I really appreciated playing against you these last three, four years in volleyball and in basketball. Um, you know, you are such a competitor, you always bring your best against us, and you cause us to be mm. the, a better version of ourselves, That's to awesome. really step up as a team. And so I just wanted to let you know that you played great. It was a, such a fun game, and it was a fun game. It was back and forth and back and forth in the third set uh, before we ultimately lost, and that's how most of the games were. They were, yeah, they were always close. really close. Very close. And, uh, you know, he shared that with me, and it, it really kind of meant something to him too, where a younger version of him would have been like, hey, screw this kid, like we lost, yeah. whatever. Yeah. But he had matured and grown enough to just really appreciate that, really respect his opponent enough to, to take those words to heart and just realize like, yeah, um, it is a challenge. And to embrace that challenge when you, when you face somebody who's equally matched as you. And uh, it's, it's just that moment. Yeah, right? exactly. And so I think like... Uh, I think there's kind of a friendship there between the two of them, <laughs> in, a, in a way, right? Um, but those are the kind of lessons and the kind of stories we're hoping for, not just one athlete, but our whole teams, and hopefully to spread to some of the other teams, some of the other athletes yeah. from other schools in Mongolia. Awesome. That's what great. about you, Jeff? Uh, Ooh, loads of good examples, but I think my best example is our boys' volleyball team. Yeah. where we had a core of boys in grade 10 when I came in here. Um, and they, it took them three years to accomplish what they, wanted to, what they wanted to accomplish. A lot of defeats, you know, a lot of uh, struggles to get to the tournament, but they overcame everything. Yeah. And now they had a really good result. But the most, the most fun and the most enjoyable for me was just sitting there and watching. Because as a coach, you, we don't make a difference. We, we think we, we do. We, we, we think, think we, we do, do, but we don't. In the end, you know, you have in the end at at, at our level, if there's a, if there's a student coming from the USA who is six eight and can spike, you can win a final. It's, it's yeah. those differences. So it's all about the progress the kids make. But these boys, they played the tournament and they lost all their first games, and then in the quarterfinal, uh, in the in the semis, they were playing against the first seeded, and they were last seeded. So that uh, the playoff game, and they just showed everything they learned mm -hmm. as a team, and that was that was the reward for us. Just watching them, and I was like, "Now you get." Yeah. And then they wanted to win as a with the eight, not with six. So those boys came to me. Can can I sit and so that everybody's part of that? Yeah. So it took them three years. It takes time. It takes like a changing, while. Like changing a culture, and it's only that one game that they 
beat the number one seed where they did everything went well everything went just according to the books like they wanted it to be yeah. that one game it doesn't matter when it is it could be a playoff it could be a round robin it can be a final but that one game is like wow we showed our best volleyball done yeah if you if you come last it could be the seven eight game i don't care it which could, game could it be is any game, yeah. but the boys had something like wow everything we practiced for we had an opportunity to show it and that's that's that, that's what they and then after that they were like because every time they talk about this one game yeah yeah they don't talk about that they went to the final they don't talk about that they no, this is one game we played so well. Yeah. Like, and that's it. They went the distance. They showed everything they had in them. And as a team, they came together. That, that's valuable. And they so many memories. Because if they see each other in 10 years, they'd still talk about this one game. Yeah. They, and they don't talk about the final. They talk about this one game. So that's, I, I love to see that. that, that, that they just, that these moments where you're like, ah. And those moments are very valuable. Yeah. For, the, for the future because if you are in a tough moment you're like well we played against the first seed but we won in the end so we became we overcame adversity so if something happens in my job in life I can overcome that so that's the life skills it's definitely true um, this just reminded me of uh, one of the finals games in volleyball that we lost the, the very first one um, but it was full of those moments right like even though we, we lost we, we didn't win the championship it was full of those little moments where this person stepped up, that person stepped up, so-and-so had a big it's, block. It's moments. Right? It's it, all about moments. It was just massive chemistry right, between the entire team to, to even compete at that level. Yeah. Right? And if we, if we didn't, we would have just got our butts kicked and went home and yeah. had nothing to talk about. But if you went to a tournament and you say, I wanna, our, our goal is to come home with gold, yeah. then those moments they don't mean much to you because mm -hmm. you lost because you, you didn't have the gold, right? So if yeah. you, even if you have silver, you had a moment. But if you just go there, like we're going the distance, we're going to, we're going to fight, we're going to do everything we can to do, do as good as we can do at that moment, then you remember those little moments. Yeah. And that's what Doug is talking about. It's about educating yourself but also others. Yeah. He's all about educating and also parents, you know, what would you like? So your team comes back I would, I would, no matter what the score is, what do you think a parent should tell their kids when they come back from an academic tournament? I think it should be very similar to what parents told me and other athletes when we come off the wrestling mat and go back into the stands, right? In the States, all the athletic tournaments had a ton of parents there. Mm -hmm. right? And I'm not saying the parents need to go to academics, need to go to China. Um, it'd be nice if they come to some tournaments, but... Uh, I think they, they need to give the same message. And that was always like, hey, you did well, uh, great job. And that was whether you won or lost. Obviously, it was a little more somber after a loss when you're a high school kid and you just lost an important match and you're really down. But all the parents were hey, you wrestled well. Hey, you did well. You, you gave it your best. Yeah. You didn't give up. Um, and so I think it'd be really nice to see that from our parents. Uh, we got a glimpse of that this last tournament. I mentioned a couple times. Uh, we live streamed some of it. And mm -hmm. so the parents were on WeChat, yeah. uh, just interacted. They would let me know instantly if the, if the live stream was down. But they were there supporting their kids, yeah. not physically, but on WeChat. Hey, oh, tell so-and-so they did so great. Oh, that was awesome. Um, you know, after we lost, it was, hey, we're so proud of you. Mm -hmm. uh, we're, we're grateful, like, great job. And I think that's the message that, that we would like to see more parents give to the yeah. kids is just... 
you know, we're, we're proud of you. We're proud of the effort you put in, mm-hmm. not in this tournament, but all season long, all the hours you've dedicated yep. to something constructive. Exactly. Um, and, and good job. Yeah, I always like it's, it's so it's so easy, and you know sometimes I make this mistake, but it's like, so what was the result, or did you bring anything home? What did, was the did score? You get the MV, did you get the MVP? What's the score, right? And and I saw I saw someone talking about when your kid's coming back, you should mention one thing you learned, yeah, and then mention a thing that you learned that someone else learned from you, mm-hmm. right? And and then you're then you succeeded. Could be basketball. Well, I. Uh, I learned that if we lose, we can still come back. We have to work as a team. Perfect. Life skill. Well, someone else got very angry because it was, a, but I helped him off the floor. Or so, doesn't matter. You helped someone else. Yeah. Life skill. Yeah. Like I don't care about the results, and that's that's the kind of the message we want to get 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 across. You know, play to win. Yeah. Yeah. But don't let the results influence your state of mind. There's this famous football player in Holland, and he. He always said that after a game, I always forget, I don't, because he, he doesn't have the winning mentality. So after a game, he's already, he already forgot what the, what the yeah, results yeah. were. And he said, I actually like when we win because everybody else is happy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. When you win, you're happier. It's more fun. Yeah, yeah. But if you lose, you also, but when they lost, he was making sure that everybody else got happy again. Yeah. And you need a bit, bit of both. Yeah, it reminds me, you mentioned MVP and kind of learning from each other and recognizing strengths in others. Uh, last two years ago, we, we won the Acumas Basketball Championship. We played amazing. But all year, that year, the year before, the year before that, uh, we were preaching to play as a team, mm-hmm. to play as a team, to play as a team. We had some phenomenal basketball players. And at times, they would try to carry the team. Right? They're young, they're talented, uh, we're down, and they would try to win it all. And it, it doesn't work, maybe once in a while, but it, it doesn't work, right? Uh, so we constantly were saying, okay, play as a team, play as a team, play as a team. Tournament went great, we played phenomenal the entire tournament. And we, we got rewarded with three MVPs. So the tournament structure mm-hmm. allowed us to nominate three uh, of our most valuable players. At the time, the coaches would give that to their own teams. And it was not an easy choice, mm-hmm. but it was pretty clear who yeah. the best three players were. Um, and so we went to them, uh, myself and the other coach, and just said, hey, we're going to give you the MVP, but we've been preaching all year long that we want to be a team. So you can keep it, or you can give it to somebody else. Wow. All three of them gave it to somebody else. <laughs> Good. Right? And so they just recognized, like, hey, we couldn't have done it without your shot. Hey, we couldn't have done it without your guidance, your leadership, you being emotionally constant. Yeah. We couldn't have done it without you passing the ball, right? Just not being that, that ball hog point guard. And so that was just probably one of the prouder moments I've had as a that's coach. That's awesome. That's and awesome. That, okay, we won. Yeah. I, that's great. That's, that's cool. I, I appreciate that memory. But I remember those three guys giving away their MVP award, which is, is that's what it's all about. Yeah, and it's the same for we, the boys, they broke their uh, trophy and they never asked me for a new one. Because if you want a new trophy, you want to put it somewhere beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's awesome. There's so many, so there's so many good moments that our, our kids have, but there's still a lot of improvements. And I think our kids here in UBAC, ISU, British School, American School, 
we see a lot of good things and I think we need to take the kids also need to take some responsibility to teach the others around us yeah because there are schools who do struggle with they don't have the coaches that we have to, that we have we don't yeah. have the same philosophy so we're gonna work with you guys the parents the teachers the coaches and the students to get this philosophy going to share these stories share the stories to share the things that we're, we've learned, that we're learning. Yeah. Uh, we're both taking some courses that, that are helping us continue to grow. And hopefully we can share that with you. Yeah. Um, we will do a podcast every month. Yep. And uh, with a different topic related to this bigger topic, which is educational-based athletics. There's loads of topics about skills, about... Sportsmanship, sportsmanship, leadership, leadership, dealing with the loss. Actually, uh, all the IB learner uh, learner profiles, ATL skills, uh, self-management skills, all that's connected to sports, we will talk about that. And it's yeah. all, all, all related to the educational-based athletics philosophy. CD, where can people find us if they... All right, uh, so we're posting on YouTube, so people could comment in the comment section down below. Uh, there should be a link in the description for the Ubisa website or UBAC website. UBAC website. UBAC yes. website, um, where we have emails, we have a contact form. Yeah. Uh, you can reach us. Um, should be links if you're listening on the podcast. Should be links down below uh, to our website, to the podcast website, uh, where you can reach out to us. And if you have questions, uh, let us know. If you have topics that you think we should cover. Or if you just just like to talk, we're pretty open to talk to students, yeah. to parents, to coaches, to other athletic directors that may be going through the same thing. Yeah. Um, that maybe you have tips for us. Even that'd be yeah. that'd be awesome. Because I, I need a lot of tips, to be honest. I can learn a lot. Uh, we will. We have a coaches for coaches PD, September thirtieth uh, here at the international school. Um, like I said before, Mr. Doc Kilgore will will, will, do, will be the opener of the whole uh, PD. It is for athletic directors in Mongolia here, for coaches, for teachers. It's not for players yet, yeah. but we will organize something for student athletes uh, throughout the year. We have no idea how the year will go, but hopefully we can organize something where we can have like an athletics round table where different captains of teams talk together and you know get a common understanding of what we want to represent and how we can we connect to the wider community and, uh, and ed educate them. So we will have more parent meetings here at the schools, at the different schools, different ADs will run that. Um, and we will help the other ADs in UBAC to organize that. Yeah. Um, so we hope to spread the philosophy because uh, it's all about personal improvement, using sports as a tool, as a vehicle. And don't, don't make it the end goal. Yeah, it's not the, it's not the destination, it's the journey. Wow, beautiful. Right. I think that's a lovely finish your CD. <laughs> Sounds great. Cool. Awesome. All right. So check back in a month and we'll have the next episode. See ya. All right. Thanks.